Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. And today my guest is John Macy, who is an Alexander Technique teacher of over 30 years experience and a physical therapist of almost 30 years experience who lives in Omaha, Nebraska. He is the owner of Ronin West PT, physical therapy, and the Workout Omaha, which is a Pilates studio. John is an Alexander teacher, a physical therapist, and also a Pilates instructor certified in in mat work. Uh, And we're going to talk today about the up with gravity process, Alexander technique negative directions, how to use them uh, together, and in particular, how to simplify the process of using those two uh, those two processes. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Robert. It's good to be here. Well, it's good to talk to you. And um, I should say that John and I are colleagues that go way back, and he lives just up the road from me, really, in Omaha. And John and I have spent a lot of time working over the last few years, experimenting with and working with the Up With Gravity um, work and with uh, negative directions, negative Alexander Technique directions, and with combining the two. And just recently, uh, John's come up with a really interesting idea on how to make that combination even simpler and easier to use. So um, why don't we start with the basic ways of combining up with gravity and negative directions. And I'm going to assume that listeners are familiar with those processes. We'll put uh, a link links to relevant information. Um, the listeners are, are uh, familiar with them sort of separately, but may not be familiar with the combining of the two. Um, John, how would you... Um, what do you see as the essence of combining those two processes? Uh, I see the essence of it is really it's helping a person to figure out how to do things more easily. Mm-hmm. It's not, we all have the same, essentially the same bodies, but it's the same control, a very similar control systems. And so learning how to make things easier, there's several ways to get at it. Mm-hmm. But I see Alexander Technique up with gravity, both work with how to change what we're thinking to change our movement to make our lives easier and they're really the whole point of of doing these things is to make what you do already easier mm-hmm. which, which then makes it easier to do new things exactly and when we when we first started experimenting we were using just plain old up with gravity and uh, that works pretty pretty well but what would you say is the main limitation of that on its own? Well, I think the up with gravity is real useful at first to give you a means to provide for yourself a new movement experience. To look at something that you're doing and say, oh, this is how I could change it so my nervous system gets used to doing it differently. It knows what that experience is like. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about the human nervous system is that when you repeat an activity, you really start changing the wiring. We can wire on the fly for new experiences. Mm -hmm. 
So Up With Gravity is great to do it, to give you that experience. Start getting the wiring of moving in a new way that you created yourself. But after a while, it becomes a lot of work. It's only going to take you so far or require a lot more thinking and effort than you really need. Because after the first few experiences, you've got the wiring in there started to make that easy for you. So you don't need to do all those procedures to try to get new wiring in because you're already laying it down. It's as if we already have made a few phone calls here, and by making the phone calls to that house, it installed more wiring. So I don't have to keep installing wiring. I don't have to do as much work the next time. Right, right. And the I, and I, I think in terms of the pl- pluses and minuses of Up With Gravity, the big, big plus is that pretty much anybody can learn how to do it in a few minutes. With, I think that- you know, either with some uh, direct contact with the teacher teaching it or simply by reading some of the material at the Up With Gravity site, it is incredibly simple to deploy and can make pretty dramatic changes in your functioning. I agree. I think that's one of its great beauties is it's so easy for somebody to do, to say, I just had to do this little thing and I realized that it made a lot of other things I did easier right now and I did it for myself and that's very empowering for people to know that I don't have to have a big fancy course or a bunch of teachers or spend a lot of time I can help myself real quickly and you can then use it whenever you want during the day it's it's a pretty easy process to use but as you point out John there is a little down downside to it which is that certainly the lifting component, when you're actually lifting your center of gravity, does require a little work. It requires a little work, and let's face it, it's a, it's a mechanical phenomenon. You can only get your center so high. Exactly. So once you're there, doing a lot of work to try to raise it up is really wasting your energy because it's not going to go. It's as high as you're going to get it or as high as you're going to need it for the activity you're doing. Right. And this is where I think people can get kind of stuck because they keep trying to go higher and higher because they want the same experience. And after you're used to doing it, you don't need to do that. Absolutely. And the other um, downside, if you want to call it that, is that when you're lifting your center of gravity, you're doing that lifting in the context of your the, the state of your coordination at that time. And it's quite possible that that lifting may not be, let's say, 100% accurate in, in terms of your structure and, and, and how gravity is working on you. It might be 90 or 95% accurate. And it would be nice if there were a way to um, bridge that last little gap in accuracy. Yes, and I think one of the ways people are not accurate is they literally overshoot it. Mm -hmm. They come up and they go up a little too high and then they're very stiff to try to keep it up there. But in reality, they're just a little too high and they're working too hard to keep it up too high. They're doing a little bit of end gaining in Alexander jargon, wouldn't you say? (laughs) So so for my money, the, the first and easiest way to bridge that accuracy gap is to combine up with gravity with Alexander Technique negative directions. And for those listeners who are not familiar with negative directions and how they can be used and what their advantages are, I'll put a link to a 
a page that has information on that. But when you combine up with gravity with negative directions, then you really get a pretty accurate um, change in how you're functioning. Yes, yeah, I don't know if accurate is accurate. Is not the right yes. word. Um, you get a much more successful outcome. And closer to optimal. How's that? John? Yeah, I think that's closer. Yeah, accurate. Yeah, optimal the best is one word. of my favorite words when talking about movement. Well, there you because go. Because really, it incorporates what is it that you want to do, and using the up with gravity and the negative directions for myself and for my students appears to get them a lot closer to having the quality and ease of movement that they desire in the actual functional activity they want to engage in. Right. It hits the target better. Exactly. Now, um, that sounds all sounds good as far as it goes, but uh, when you're... You it didn't go far enough? Well, it, 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 we, you got to start considering the uh, the question of how many new thoughts you can have uh, consciously in your brain at any one time. Uh, there's a lot of research that suggests that most of us can only manage seven plus or minus two ideas at any one moment. And whether that's the exact number and whether all ideas are equal is hard to say. But there's definitely a limitation. And mm-hmm. when you want, I mean, one of the geniuses uh, of F. Matthias Alexander, the developer of the Alexander Technique, was choosing a really good intervention point. In his case, the neck or head-neck torso relationship. Be- you going after one intervention point had a lot of uh, a lot of benefits throughout the whole body, and I would argue that your center of gravity and manipulating that's a pretty powerful intervention point as well. Equally, maybe even more so. Well, it's but certainly in the same range of usefulness, right? Yes, and I think the other thing is not only did F. Matthias figure out there was a place to intervene, but a time to intervene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you had the idea for a volitional movement, you want to insert this little change right at the beginning, and then you got on with the movement. You didn't stop just because you were inserting this little piece. Right. And right. I think that's an, a critical aspect to understand that it's about changing that whole flow, but you don't eliminate the flow. You get on with the activity you intend to do. Right. And I know where you're headed on this, but I'd like to back up a second to the intervention, the number of interventions that you can do at one time. So combining up with gravity with negative directions is going to involve two separate interventions. There may be related but there there are two of them mm-hmm. and two new thoughts is a lot harder to keep going than twice one new thought it's probably you know <laughs> exponential yeah. in some way so that leads to the to the strategies that are available for combining them and mm-hmm. strategy number 1 which i think is really good for for new people people that are just starting to experiment with it is to do some lifting of your center of gravity and then briefly overlap 
that new lifted self with the I'm not compressing myself or something like that kind of negative directions and let go gently of the lifting so that you're left with just one intervention. That yeah. is, I'm not compressing myself. And then you can go back and lift your lift your center a little more and do that overlap again. And you can, you could kind of pump yourself up that way uh, very effectively. Uh, the the key there, I think, is that the the time during which those two thoughts are going at the same time is is very short. Yes, makes I it easier. Makes it easier to do that. And then the second strategy uh, is to once you become familiar with that, is to combine the two almost as though they were one, so that you could say. Uh, I'm not compressing myself as I lift my center of gravity. Or you could alternate. There are ways around this this plus or minus seven limitation. Yeah, uh, so it really depends on how an individual thinks, which try them all out and see which one works for you at the time that you're doing it. And and, and what might work for you today, there might be something better that would work for you in in a couple of days or a week because when you start using these uh, techniques, negative directing and negative directions and up with gravity, uh, there comes a point where your your body mind just just the, the tiniest little thought of one of them. It says, "Oh, I know about that. I don't need a lot of detailed. Yeah, yeah I can just go right into it." Yeah, you've laid all those pathways in, you practice it enough, so as soon as you cue it at any type or from any direction, you know, I think your nervous system just runs the program for the whole thing. Exactly. And so it takes less and less effort on your part. And as we've discovered in playing with this over the last several years, the language you have to talk to yourself to talk to yourself with changes every time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's a function of what kind of wiring have you laid into your nervous system to figure out how to do this. Exactly. So one way or another, combining negative directions with up with gravity is, a, I think, a huge jump forward in, in not just the, op, the optimality, if that's a word, of, of what you're doing, but also it is, um, there's a lot less you have to do. Oh, and less, I like that idea. Which is always a good thing. And the intensity of what you're doing or thinking, really, at that point, um, it become, becomes less. It's just easier to do. It's easier, and I find with myself and with students that they don't get stiff and very hung up on how it feels. When yes. they use the phrase, I'm not compressing, that's such a nice, soft, generalized phrase that it just keeps them from doing a lot of the bad stiffening, tightening, getting stuck, am I doing it right kind of mm-hmm. questions that so many of us ask ourselves when we're doing something new. Yeah, I mean, when I tell people, well, here's an example of a negative direction that I, I like a lot, which is I'm not compressing myself, which, of course, is very general. Uh, that's a tough one to mess up for most people and because it's so... Uh, 
<laughs> you'd hardly know how to mess it up, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, and, and that's one of its huge advantages. And, and as I point out to people, you don't have to understand what that means. And you certainly don't have to have any idea of how your body is going to take that information. That's not your job. Your job is to deliver the intent and let your, your physical yeah, mechanism get on with it. Yeah, your conscious mind just has to deliver the message, and you're, you're wired to some degree to handle the rest of it. Exactly. Your conscious now, mind is just the messenger. Now, in in line with this general idea of less work, less mental, less physical work, more effective outcome, uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks, no, more than that, maybe a month or two, when we've been experimenting, you've come up with an interesting variant that applies to this combining of negative directions and up with gravity, but would also apply to any Alexander direction. Do you want to say a little bit about that? Yes. I've been working a lot with the temporal, the time component of this. Mm -hmm. And instead of spending a lot of time thinking about it, to get moving and just get on with what you're doing, make it very quick. It's not, well, I'm going to move my center of gravity up. Now I'm going to not compress and not compress and not compress. And I'm going to start to walk and not compress. Mm -hmm. But more along the line of my center of gravity is going up. I'm not going to compress. Let's get walking. Wow, look what's down the street. Making it much quicker and taking a lot less time. But inserting it, as I said earlier, and like Alexander found, inserting it right at the beginning. So any activity you do gets wired with doing this as a part of the activity and just to be just so our listeners can be really clear what what this process or this variant on a process is let's say that you you're doing a little lifting of your center of gravity you're overlapping it with i'm not compressing myself you let go of the lifting you notice a little change within yourself then you just go right into whatever you're going to do, whether it's getting out of a chair or walking or chopping vegetables, and you don't necessarily come back to those ideas. That's correct. So you're just walking with this uh, new um, internal coordination that you've brought about for yourself, which may not last forever. Maybe it'll only last 30 seconds, right? Right, but you've done it as including it as the first thing I do. The first thing you do. So you just you start off that way. So right. now walking isn't a separate activity. The coming up in the center of gravity and not compressing is a part of that activity right at the beginning. Exactly. It's all wired as a piece, as a continuum, instead of a separation between them. And what I, the way I've been working with this um, just in the last few weeks with my students is I get them started exactly the way you described, and then it's and and I say you know at some point it might hit you that you're kind of getting a little clunky in your walk or your breathing's a little restricted. You've gone back to your old ways. There's no reason on earth why you can't bring that same intent to bear again. It's mm-hmm. not like you only get one shot at it. <laughs> you know yeah but the i think the essential thing is that it's not something that you continue 
uh, throughout the activity, which I think could be a good strategy for newcomers who are first kind of getting their wiring redone, you know. But I think once you get to a point where you can make a change and it's stable, even if it's only stable for 20 seconds, why clutter it with extra stuff? Why not just get on with your life? Yes, and then you don't have to carry all those extra thoughts around, which take up neural space. You only have so much processing ability. They take up neural space, and they make it more likely that you're going to stiffen up around them a little bit or try to be right or something like that. I think that's a good point, that it it really helps prevent you from trying to be right. And instead, you can ask yourself, was that a little easier? Okay, then you're good. Exactly. That's what you were after. And and trying to be right uh, is like a, a classic, classic trap in the Alexander technique. <laughs> oh, in so much of the world. I don't think there's any Alexander teacher in the world who hasn't had to deal with that in their students. And I would say in themselves. I, I catch myself trying to be right. And I've been mm-hmm. at this for... Even about the same length of time you have, you know, um, it, thirty years, it, eh? A little, little more. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it so it is a way of of getting around some of the classic problems. I mean, all of this is kind of uh, it's. There's no rigid formula for any of this. It's all, you know, going to differ from person to person. And different times, at different times, you'll want to use different strategies. There's an art to it. And the only way to develop your ability in that art is to practice it. There really is no other way that I know of. And I think it also points up the beauty of one of the things Alexander discovered, which was we have the mechanisms to change and refine and improve our response to stimuli and our ability to move. Mm-hmm. We can self-correct. We've evolved to have self-correcting mechanisms, and there's a number of ways for us to get those kicked on. And this is one of them. When you use this up with gravity in the negative directions, you still make your life a little bit easier, and you can do it for yourself. Exactly. These these are very much self-help processes that I think actually both of them and the combination of the two can be learned by an awful lot of people without any direct contact with the teacher. I do think having some contact with the teacher can be very useful, if, but I don't think it's absolutely necessary. Well, I tell my students that they aren't learning anything that they couldn't figure out for themselves. A teacher just makes it happen faster. Yeah, I think because that's I've exactly Because I've sorted some it. of those things out, and I can help them have sensory experiences to get their nervous system to realize this is possible. And that's the big thing. If you don't think it's possible, you aren't going to do it. Which but as is, soon as which you think why, it's possible, yes, you do it. Yes, exactly. And that's why I think good teaching, Alexander teaching of any kind, uh, gives students the experience of something that they might not quite be able to get on their own at the beginning, but they get that it is within, it is compatible with their current physical structure, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They get a glimpse of what's possible, and that's um, that's very uh, very empowering. Yeah, yeah. So, John, is there anything you want to add to our discussion? No, I think we've pretty well covered it. 
I All think right. uh, these ideas are very interesting and useful, and I've I've been using them for the last however many months we've been working with this material, and I'm seeing my students grasp these principles so much faster than I have in the past. I think it's really conveying a tremendous amount of information and ability to explore exactly. for my students. Exactly. So uh, my uh, my guest today has been John Macy, who is an Alexander Technique teacher, a physical therapist, and a Pilates mat work instructor in Omaha, Nebraska. If you live in Omaha and anything we've talked about interests you, uh, give, him a, give him a call. We'll put a link to uh, his contact information by the interview. If you live anywhere else in the world, we'll put a, a link to uh, a site that will enable you to find an Alexander teacher where, where you are. Also, we'll include a link to the Up With Gravity page that has information on how to learn uh, on your own these uh, both the up with, certainly the up with gravity uh, process and quite a bit of information about negative directions and how to learn to start applying those in your life as well. John, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been my pleasure, Robert.